Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils! Trying to mime to you to put the music slightly closer to the microphone. All right, <laughs> I was getting faded and out over here. That's all right. It's put over me in a good now. mood though. Yeah, love the black crows. Um, so uh, we are the Uncle Puckers, Chris and Bobby, with you tonight. And uh, how you doing, Bob? I'm good. I'm in a good mood now. I'm in a double good mood. I'm playing that song. I missed the music in the beginning. Yeah, I think we're gonna go back to it's it. Really nice. Yeah. Anybody bitches, whatever. Oh, um, fucking let them. Bitch. Everybody. Everybody like, does it. People like music. I agree. And yeah. you know, it's not like we're playing. Tons of songs. We're playing 30 seconds. That's it. 30 seconds. Calm down, people. To get the show going. It's for your enjoyment, uh, not ours. Just listen to the music. Yeah, we don't like the music at all. Actually, we we don't even like each other. We only do this for... For the money. Yeah, (laughs) the loads of money. (laughs) Apparently, it's all Tony's. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, first game back from break. Did you catch it all? So I did catch most of it, and here's the thing. I did it by design, right? So yeah, I was um, at a function last night, right? But I was keeping tabs on the score, so I knew what was going on. Saw your text, had a feel for the game, said, okay, I got to watch this. So I got through the first and second period, and then I know what happened in the third. I decided to skip that part and head a little bit further into the third period because I already knew they won the game, and I thought to myself, I want this to be just fun. I just want to celebrate the win. Remember in sports, it used to just be, hey, you know, get the win at all costs, get the win. And I didn't want to come in here and dissect a couple of possible bad plays where it almost, you know, killed us. I was thinking like a fan because I was seeing people posting pictures at the game, like they're all excited, great win. If I, if I was at that game, if I was just the fan, sure, they came back and tied at 3-3, but that's not what I would have remembered at all. 
I remember a game we had to win against a true, legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Maybe I remember blowing the lead a little bit, but I remember coming back and winning. I'm walking out, out of there with a great feeling. So that's how I wanted to view the game last night. That makes sense. Through that lens. Yeah. It it was a it was a good game. And I mean the devs were I mean, they came out with a purpose last night. Yes. I mean that they were flying. I mean, you watched the first period. I mean, they, they it started off a little bit, you know, oh shit, Ranton scores on the first shot, Nico, you know, tosses it in the middle of the ice and and I'm like, Oh boy, it's gonna be one of those nights. Thirty fifth time, right? Yeah. And uh and then we get it back, you know, within a minute, mm-hmm. uh, with my boy Chris Tierney. And so I'm like, okay, we're, we're in this game, but just their effort, like the shit, we haven't seen that. And there was a couple of things in this game that I don't think we've seen all season long. And the main one is the amount of emotion yes. that this, these guys had on the bench and on the ice. I, uh, you don't see him when, when Hala threw the empty netter in and he was right in front of the bench. The whole bench erupted. Yeah. Timo Meyer, Meyer with an ear-to-ear grin, jumping over the boards, giving him a big hug. They're basically pulling him into the bench, hugging him and congratulating him and everything. Like, yep. when when have you seen that from this team? And, uh, you know, maybe some of the lingering things that have been hanging over this team's head that are no longer there, uh, maybe that has gotten them a little bit more relaxed. Maybe... I don't know. Um, I thought that it was a, a really good game, even on Lindy Ruff's part. I thought the uh, it was a hell of a challenge on that goal. Um, that changes the game, and it was a good challenge. Uh, those we maybe played a bad two minutes, and right. and they capitalized. You know, they capitalized, and it got back to three three. And I'm like, oh boy. At that point, I'm like, man. And Colorado was coming, man. They were right. bringing the heat. And you know what we had last night. Hard. We had a goaltender, Bobby. Had a goaltender, yes. I, I mean, agree. This dude made saves that Vitek Vanacek doesn't make on a regular basis, and he made them last this year. night. That's right. Yeah, this year. Yeah. And that save on the Nate McKinnon breakaway was one of the most beautiful saves I've ever seen, yeah. uh, and definitely one of the beautiful, nicest from Vitek. Um, beautiful. I, I was so excited with the way that they were playing. And then they tie it up, and I'm like getting a little bit nervous. Is his old demons going to crawl back? And are we going to get you know we're going to let two more in now and we lose this game five to three? Uh-uh. Right. They lost it five to three. That's right. And four shots on goal in the third period, and they scored twice. Now that's pretty impressive. It is impressive, and it started with the captain who definitely backed up his words, uh, not just point wise, just the way he played. And, and usually you're going to get that kind of game from him anyway, but there, it was a, it was another level. And I noticed a lot of um, other players, role players, like I, I loved uh, Nosek coming in. I thought he played great. Played I thought great. Ba- yeah. Bastion, I liked seeing what he was doing on the ice. Palat, like the guys that didn't necessarily get rewarded on the score sheet per se. I think Palat actually had an assist, right? But um, yep. they were a factor in the game. Like every line was a factor in the game. Timo Meyer was a factor. Um, I, Luke, I agree. Luke Hughes Luke. and Marino, I guess their, their defensive pairing is just really starting to click. Shutting down McKinnon is something I, almost never happens. I think that we have to talk a minute about Luke Hughes last night. His yes. probably his biggest probably assignment minutes. of the league. Yeah. yeah, his biggest assignment of the of his entire early career was, and it was you're, a big one. Yeah, you're going to go up against. My opinion, I was actually talking about this with my wife last night. 
before the game started, I said, if I was starting a hockey team right now, my first pick is Nate McKinnon over Connor McDavid, over over anybody. It's Nate McKinnon. The way he plays, his speed, he's just, I mean, he can take over a game like, you know, yes, McDavid is McDavid, but there's something about Nate McKinnon that I I just, I love. I mean, doesn't he seem like almost the more silent superstar? Like, sure, everybody knows him. But I feel like maybe up until this year, he never really got the credit for being as good as he really is. And I think that a lot of that this year, he stayed healthy. Uh, so we're seeing him for the full year. And it's like when you're looking at the scoring race now, it's not just Connor McDavid and, you know, Kucherov and, uh, you know, um, uh, Pasternak. And so now it's uh, Nate, Nate's in there and you're looking at his numbers. And I mean, to be able to take him off a 15 game point streak or something he was on, some ridiculous point streak. And knock him off and do it with a 19 or 20 year old rookie defenseman who just played the game of his freaking life. And, uh, and man, I tell you, Luke Hughes was fantastic last night. And yeah. uh, I don't know, like you said, that that cannot be stated. He didn't end up in the score sheet, but the way they played and just all around, look at the look at the four main goals, not necessarily the empty netter, right? Like you had a fourth line tip from Tierney, right? That's Gorgeous your your yeah. fourth line can score. That just makes your night so much easier. The tic-tac, beautiful goal from uh, Bratton Heischer. And then, you know, Mercer just crashing the net. And then, uh, you know, fucking RD chipping in, yep. getting in the right place, finding an open seam and a beautiful pass from Heischer. Four completely different types of goals. And it showed to me, I watched that game and I said, man, if they, Jack comes back, and they can keep this shit together, you know, they're pretty deep and they're pretty complete, you know, as far as when the way they played last night. I mean, it would see how they do tomorrow against Calgary. Um, You know, it's not going to, they got to be able to string this shit together, but you know, they're capable of it. They're certainly capable of it. And again, when Jack comes back, it does more than just, it's not just Jack. Now there's, there's a slotting effect throughout the entire lineup that can't be understated. Um, well, yeah, like you said, with with the McKinnon thing and Luke and and um, Nico deserves a lot of that credit too, yeah, uh, for shutting down. But you're talking about a guy who I think they said eight games out of 51 that he been held off the score sheet, so that's like 15 percent of his games. So other teams have done it too, but realistically, that's that's an incredible number. Just that yeah. he finds a way to get points all the time. I do agree with you on your emotion thing. Uh, it's just so good and so refreshing to see, and it could be a few things. Right, like we said, it could be something that was hanging over their head. It could be the captain's voice finally is resonating. It could be the break. It just could be a little bit of all that, just kind of all mixed in. Yeah. That reset factor is a thing. And you got good it news is. coming back, and you had Nosa coming back, and he hasn't he played what six games for us or something. And yeah. Was, so yeah, solid in what he can bring and stabilizing yeah. you know, that line. That was the key. And and the other thing that I took away from last night was their penalty kill was fantastic. I think they went 4-0 on the penalty, 4-4-4 four for four on the PK. Uh, and they took too many penalties, but they were able to kill them off. And that's something that we have not been able to do much, uh, right. or at least not well this year. So, and, you know, look, I don't think we would be speaking so highly if this was against, you know, Montreal or, or the team like that. But this is the Colorado Avalanche. This is, this is a team Colorado that Avalanche. a lot of books have picked to win the Stanley Cup. And last time you played them, they beat your ass and, you know, in their building. And now they're coming into your building. You can't let that happen again. Um, but what a game. And, and I, to not let it happen again when 
the mirror said, you've just done the exact same thing you've done 25 times this year, letting up those multiple goals within a real short period of time. And the first goal. Yeah. And of yeah. course. And, of yep. course the first goal. and it's like, so the old, here we go again, you know, yeah. what, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And we're still just, you know, the devils and, you know, we need to become the fucking devils, you know? That's right. Uh, and, and that's it. And last night they were the fucking devils. Like you went into their building, they let you know it. And then in Colorado, I think really, if Colorado would have played physical on us, it would have been a different game, but Colorado wanted to skate and, you know, and man, they, they're so good at it. Yeah. And uh, you know, the third period, they completely dominated. Uh, if it wasn't for VTech Manichek and, and the system kept a lot of, a lot of shots to the outside, but VTech was fantastic. Like we talked all season, you make this, you know, the big save when you need it, that McKinnon save, you know, you, yeah. that's two minutes left in the game. And that's exactly why I said in the beginning, I just wanted to view this kind of as the fan for once and just think about the experience because automatically I was on social media this morning and, you know, I saw a debate about, well, the one he definitely should have had. And I'm like, you know, here we go again, right? So this is a game of mistakes. And as a team, what you do is you help cover up each other's mistakes. No doubt. Everybody makes mistakes all game long. So maybe that one did go in, but that's why you have a full team of offensive players and defensive players. Yeah, exactly. It's just not worth breaking it down that fine. A game like this, they had to have. And if it was Montreal, and that's another, you could still say they had to have that too because you're supposed to beat that team. So nothing but positive you know, feelings coming out of this one. Yeah. Sure. And, and, and as far as VTech and the goals, I mean, the first goal, no chance. I mean, it was a quick little spin wrister, you know, he had no shot. Uh, the puck was behind it before he knew what the hell was going on. And the second goal, look, you know, Luke's lucky. He didn't Luke's lucky that there wasn't a fucking Jacob Truba coming around the end, you know, and didn't just put his ass down. Um, you know, he took a decent hit and that was just a bad bounce. And VTech was cheating. He thought that Luke had a clear path around the other side of the net. He was peeking, trying to get there. And Makar was just Johnny on the spot. It, that's just everything going right for uh, Colorado. Think of the name you just said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on. Exactly. And then uh, the third goal, you know, yeah, it was a long shot and you probably should have had that. But again, like you said, it's a game of inches. And after what he did, making some huge saves and a – like I said, it wasn't that wasn't the only save he made on McKinnon. No. Um, and he made a couple of beautiful saves before that. And it's like, man, if he was playing the way he played earlier in the year, we're down five to three right now. Right. Um, and he kept them in. And this is exactly what I've noticed of him of late. If you just kind of group together the last, I don't know, several games, uh, three, four, five, maybe I don't know. He's starting to pick up on those. Crazy good saves. Yeah. You know, real game stoppers, one a game, two a game maybe, um, that he definitely wasn't getting earlier in the season. So if you could just kind of parlay that into then a little bit more of that, you know, proper positioning or less aggressive, whatever it is in his game that he needs to just slightly tweak. Chill on the rebounds. Now you've got the makings again of, hey, you know, he's not the best goaltender in the league. He's never going to be. But he's also shouldn't be the worst. He should no, not be last true. in the league. So if you can get that middle ground with him, we can at least start picking up the points again. Yeah, but you still need a goalie. You do um, still need a goalie. You know, it, it's if you want to be serious about it, you yeah. need a goalie. And you know, Nico Dawes should be down in the minors. He should be in in Utica. Um, and I think that they are going to make a move. I think they, I, if they can get their hands on a goalie. I mean, there's still a lot of talk about Markstrom. But Markstrom has a no trade clause. He's going to have to agree to go wherever they decide to, you know, wherever. 
does he want to come here? I don't know. idea. There's a lot of talk about him, you know, just staying in Calgary, which they're a couple of points away from a playoff spot. Are they going to move him? Uh, and really, who else is really out there that you would think moves the needle? Now, I was listening to XM today, and Marty Biron was talking about they were brought up the Devils and brought up goaltending. And again, Markstrom's name was brought up and they said, you know, Markstrom is a perfect fit for the Devils. And, you know, he if they can make a deal, you got to do it because Calgary apparently has two good goalies, you know, in the in the on the back end. So Markstrom becomes a little bit expendable, you know, and Marty Buran brought up uh, Cock, um, uh, what the hell is his name? Cockaline, who's the Cock- one from? Yeah. Uh, I'm saying it no, right no, too. no, no. I'm sorry. Merzlitsky, the one from Columbus. Oh, right. And I forget who the other guy was, was kind of like moaned about it. And he went on about how he's like, I think that Elvis Merzlitsky, Merzlikens in a, a better system uh, would really be a, a standout goalie. Um, you know, and he brought up the devils. Like I, 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 I can see him being there. He's better than Vanacek. And uh, that would be a good move for them. Uh, you know, we brought him up one other time, but he, I think he would be a guy that you're not going to give the house away for, right? You shouldn't. You know, I mean, what what could Columbus? I mean, I'm sure they're they're going to want something, but it's not like trading for Markstrom or John Gibson. Um, so, you know that that's a name, and you know maybe then you keep Vanacek, or unless you now here's the thing: if a guy like Merzlikens is available, but Columbus needs a goaltender. Right. Do you send Vanacek and you make Merzlikens and Dawes your one-two? I don't know how their comparables are normally. I, I would assume right now Vitek's far below him and comparables just based on the season he's having. The guy doesn't seem to me to be the move-the-needle guy. So I, I, he's never been on my radar. I don't think I was on the show that you guys talked about him. And yeah. I still honestly don't know that much about him. He just that's not somebody that pops in my head that can make a difference. You know, what I do like about Markstrom is not only is he a solid, steady and goaltender back there, I think it's two more years after this season, which isn't terribly long in the term, but it adds a little stability while our guys get seasoned. So I still do like that kind of situation in lieu of getting like a super stud. You know, that's right. virtually impossible. Like I said on the last show, Swayman, love to have Swayman on the team. Um but that would be amazing. It's, it's all who you can get. And, and they posted that today on one of the NHL shows I was watching too. Cause you know, uh, Hannafin and uh, what's his name are, are both Tanev. Tanev. Um, they're both done uh, this year. They're on, neither yeah, one of them has term. They're, they're both UFAs. I didn't know that. Cause I, I honestly still don't know which one I'd prefer. You know, if, yeah, if there is kind of a, can do. there is a pretty uh, big discrepancy. There's everyone, devil fans, they have their, their choices yeah. and they're pretty, they're pretty dead on. The Hannafin guys want Hannafin. The Tanev guys want Tanev, and there's they don't really waver much from that, which I think is crazy because either one is a huge upgrade. Either one's good. I feel like Hannafin is a little more of what we already have. Exactly. Right? That's why it's exactly be a right. little bit of a different element. That's the only thing I could put on it. Tanev's older, um, but we don't know. Like I guess what I'm saying is that if a package were to be put together, knowing neither one of those two have term, that would seem like that part of it could be more of a hockey trade. You're really just trading for Markstrom. And if you don't retain like a Tanev this year, yeah, right. probably be okay with it. You know, there's other ways you can go next off season, but to to get a, a dual package like that, a goaltender and a defenseman would really do well on this team. I mean, that's what they need. Yeah. If they want to be serious, that's what they need. 
Um, but real quick, we'll go back to that. But Merzlikens numbers are uh, he's got a, a 903 save percent, a 3.2 uh, goals against, one shutout this season. He's played uh, 28 games, started all 20. He's nine and ten and seven, nine, ten, and seven. And uh, those are his numbers, which are considerably better than Vitek Vanacek's on a bad team. It is. Yep. Um, but, you know, you're 100% right, though. If you could make a deal for Jacob Markstrom, uh, you got to. I mean, if he would agree. And to pull, if you could pull off something, I don't know what you'd have to give up. But I know Calgary wants to get younger. And, you know, we have tons of guys down in Utica yeah. that, you know, they might, they might look at uh, very favorably. Um, but I do think that you got to make this move before the trade deadline. Um, it's just too tight. You have to do something to move that needle, like you said, and you have to do it now. You know, yeah, because I mean, a lot of these points we have to get they, on the surface, like it's five points now, right? But yeah, the people we're chasing, the teams we're chasing, they're not just going to lose the next three games so we can get those five points. They're going to probably win one, lose one, win two. So it's still going to be a longer crawl unless we can go on a nice hot streak. And you know, like. Like last week, if if we would have rattled off five in a row while Phillies was losing five in a row, that would have been great. Absolutely, you know? but that's not what happened. So now you got to look for your next opportunity. Yeah, um, and you know Philly played a great game last night against Florida, so they're not losing. The only team I think that you know we are even concerned about that loss last night was Washington. So you know it goes to show how much you know how big this game really was because if we drop those two points, uh, you know we're screwed because Philly won, Pittsburgh won. Uh, Carolina lost, but you know, they're, they're, it's going to be them and the Rangers. We know that, you know, and, and even the wild card, I think even the, one of the wild card spots, they're too far. Like you have to get that third seed. You have to get Philly out. I think that's the only way the devils are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. That's what you're thinking, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think they can forget about too many players for the wild card. So you want to go into that third. Because then you got to deal with the, the Pacific Division in there too, and you got Detroit, and you got Toronto, and you got other teams that are going to be chasing that. And I, I think no, you have to nail that third spot. And right now, I think we're five points behind Philly with what three games in hand. We are five yeah. points behind Philly. Yeah, three games in hand. We do have two games in hand on Detroit too. We're five okay. games behind them for the wild card. I mean, I'd love to look at these and assume these are two wins. And I think that if the team were playing like it should, we you could almost do that. But this year, I don't think we can do that. Like right now, I'm looking. I I feel so much better about the team after Colorado. Now I'm thinking, you know what? You could probably go in and beat Calgary, um, and then worry about our nemesis, as far as I'm concerned, the Carolina Hurricanes. But that's exactly the type of trap mentality I've had all year. And then they go in and, uh, you know, quite frankly, could shit the bed against Calgary. I don't believe they're going to now, based on what I saw yesterday. But we've said this before. This felt different. And and I and I, I go back to the emotion of the guys when when Marino scored the goal, um, you know, every, Palat and these guys get they celebrate, but this was there was different energy. There was a Agreed. a not I don't want to say a relief, but a, more of it's about fucking time. You uh-huh. know? Let's 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 get this let's get our shit together here um, because they are so much better than that uh, than they've been playing. And I think they're going to go out and play. I, I had them. Get losing to Calgary, and they, yeah, they might, but I, I think they're going to. They play another game like this, they'll be Calgary, and then, um, and I also think you put Vanacek right back in there. Uh, you got the yeah. rest. Uh, you know, he 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 has played quite a bit this season, but I don't know, man. Get the guy going. Get get a goalie on the roll because of you know you're not going to make a move. We still have to make point. We still have the points to go get. So then you go down to Carolina, 
And then nothing would do more for this team's confidence than to play a great game. And you know that that's the game that Hughes is going to be back in. Um, Jack will be back Saturday. Yeah, I would bet money that he can play right now. And they said, look, you know, even if we drop these next two games, it's against Western Conference teams. Rest. Uh, we really need you Saturday against Carolina. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if that's, that's how it went down and he'll play that game. Well, I just hope he plays this week because the quicker we get him going, the better. This is going to be a different team, you know? I don't, For sure. I, and I agree with you on Vanacek. Um, maybe two weeks ago I might not have said that, but anytime, like, he's got to win and a day off. Just don't shuffle the deck right That's now. That's it. Unless it's back-to-back or he just completely right. shits the bed. Let's ride Vanacek for a little while. At this point, um, yeah, he plays this whole week, and then you make your decision on Monday, Tuesday with the back-to-back, who yeah, you prefer. Right. Which I don't even know, honestly. I mean, it's Seattle and Nashville. You don't have any – you don't got enough stats on Dawes to figure out, you know, who he'd better play against. So you just – I don't know what you do there. but Nashville uh, is one of those teams that always beats us. Um, it's, they, they have their, they have our number. We cannot beat Nashville. Um, you know, maybe then you give maybe Dawes Seattle cause that's a home game too. Right. And yep. then Nashville's on the road. So, you know, maybe give the experienced veteran, the, the road game, sure, that put makes him in against sense. Nashville, you know, and we'll see how that plays out. But, you know, I think Vanacek should play at least and, uh, tomorrow in Carolina. And let's face it. That's still a killer week coming up too, because either way you slice it, it's a back-to-back. I don't care if they were two of the worst teams in the league. We know how we fare on that, right? So you can almost pencil in a loss out of those two. And then you come up to LA and right, then you got right. the stadium series against the Flyers and they're just no joke. And it's an outdoor game. And from what I've seen for most outdoor games, I mean, the conditions, it's never quite the same. Like yeah, I know both exactly. teams have to play on it if the ice is shitty or the sun's melting. But it, it's just my way of saying that that becomes anyone's game, even if it was a mismatch. Yeah. And, and it's not a mismatch because the Flyers right, know what they're doing this year. The Flyers are very good, but, you know, the Devils want to use their speed and that's going to be hindered a little bit being outside. Yeah. You know, Chris passes and, you know, Flyers are a very patient, defensive minded team. They wait for you to make mistakes. They pounce on you. Um, but I think out of the uh, whole fucking situation, with um, the the lawsuit and everything, I, I I thought for a little while like the Devils had it the worst, but I think that Florida gets. I mean, uh, Philly, yeah. Philly gets hit. I think it hurts them more than it hurts us. Um, we do. I mean, have you're talking to that, true number one. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and now they got to ride the rookie for the rest of the year, Ursa, whatever his name is. Um, you know, he's played well, but you know, now you're putting the backup in. Uh, you know, a guy who wasn't even on your team right now to back him up. I, I can see bad things happen in the Philly. Yeah, um, and in, in the big picture, as the season kind of slowly unfolds. And not necessarily because they went on like a five-game losing streak because that kind of thing happens. But when you kind of put that in with – I remember it was a week or two ago I wanted to mention, hey, it looks like Philly's starting to slide a little bit. But then they kind of turned around and won a couple. But overarching, it seems like you know they're coming back down to earth a little bit, which kind right. of puts credence to your point, like let's catch them and really secure kind of lock in that. But I think that's doable, especially now with the goaltending situation. But in the meantime, they're still going to play you hard. Oh, but yeah. I think this team – I'm kind of tired of – doing what I just did and looking at a schedule and saying this opponent and that opponent. Cause I still think they actually in some weird ways play better against the teams that they really want to beat the teams right. that are, you know, contenders. Um, they just got to be consistent. 
I mean, no matter Calgary's, who the competition is. Calgary's a borderline playoff team, so they better be ready for them. I mean, they just went into Boston and beat the shit out of them. Yep. Uh, so they're no joke. Um, you haven't been able – well, yeah, we did beat Boston in overtime this year. But, you know, Calgary is is no joke. You're going to go up against Markstrom. He's a good goalie. Uh, they Sharon Govich, we know how old devils do against us. You know, yeah, hopefully, right. hopefully Toffoli will be back and he, he won't have the screaming shits anymore and he can get himself in the lineup. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this this is – there's no better time right now. It seems like finally after, you know, how many months of everything going bad, it does kind of seem like, oh, shit, there's a little bit of light shining through here, right? Yeah. Things are, maybe aren't going to stay so bad. Uh, we got through a whole game where we beat a uh, top-notch team and nobody got hurt. And we got guys back. And Jack's coming back. And, you know, we got a kind of a, a fucking – uh, looming albatross over our head away, and we can kind of just focus on playing hockey. And it did, it did seem that way last night. Like, there it was did. just a different energy. This team is – and if they're not ready to pop right now, they're, then they're never going to this season. And this is literally the couple of weeks that we need them to solidify themselves. And again, it doesn't need to be a nine-game winning streak, but it needs to be, you know, four out of five, an overtime loss, like a, a big point stretch because – this is when Tom Fitzgerald is going to say, crap, I got a lot of money. Yeah. And I need to know if I should use it. That's a good um, point. Because he got a lot. I mean, I don't understand, like, the jury's out with Hamilton, right? We've been saying all along, probably out all year, maybe for the playoffs. It's not like magically he's going to be okay, you know, come playoff day. But yeah. I do know that the uh, salary implications are so low at that point if he literally misses the whole year. Yeah, it doesn't. He can, they can so spend all the Hamilton. a money. lot of room. Yep, and, uh, and if, if they if they lose the next three or four or three out of four, of course Fitzgerald's going to be slower to kind of react. But if they can actually show get within striking distance fairly quick, um, I don't see any reason why this team isn't short up in uh, a few yeah. different ways. You're, you know, it's a beautiful point because they'd have almost ten million dollars to spend right now. And could you imagine making a deal, getting Tanev, getting Markstrom? Somehow keeping Vanacek as a backup because I would you know, Dawes would a backup I'd be fine against one of those guys but either way um, you know the team healthy making the playoffs and then getting Dougie Hamilton back like that would be like talk about just wow trade day in in April you know it's just like we just got a yeah. great defenseman back into our lineup. I mean, and that's what we kind of touched on, right? If if you because I'm I'm not sending Nemec back like no matter what. So if you if you had Nemec. Hughes and Hamilton each, you know, as the, as the scoring component on defensive pairs, you can take whatever other three they are and say, here's your role now. Okay. Don't do anything else, but stay That's here it. and let those yes. guys do what you do because no you team has that much firepower, <laughs> right. From, from three different defensive lines. Like that yeah. would be insane. It would be. And, you know, and, and maybe having, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more offensively from Nemet. Um, I think he's very much concentrating on his defense and I think he doesn't, which is wonderful. That's awesome. That's what he should be doing. So when he gets more comfortable and maybe has a nice steady guy behind him or next to him rather that he can, yeah, that he can show those skills off a little bit more because, um, you know, he, he is not a stupid player. He knows that, you know, the defense is, has got to come first and he's playing that way. Um, yeah, you got to you know, feel your way into a system and know when you think it's time for me to pop and do a little bit more of you know what I like to do. It's not unlike when kids start playing sports at a certain level. There's 
on their teams. There's kids that are a few years older that you could tell are a little bit better and they kind of defer to them a little bit. Kind of, yep. all right, I'll peel off. You take the shot. And every now and then you just got to remind them, okay, now a little bit more aggression, you know, hop in and there. You, and you see it. Uh, you saw it all year with Luke and to the point where he is now where Luke doesn't jump in that play until he knows, you know, I, I, I have a lane. I can get down here. I'm covered. He's not taking stupid chances uh, nearly as much as he was. Sure. It's faded for sure. Yeah. And uh, you know, he's worrying about his defense and he, like you said, I mean, this dude was, he was fucking rock solid last night. The two of them. uh, So uh, beyond their years, it it is really astounding to watch and think that they're on years one really yeah Yeah, i Uh, mean incredible the future for this team is ridiculous and uh but you know they have a shot i mean you you i saw that they looked like a team last night and that was a big thing like they looked like a team they were playing their asses off for each other and uh you know hopefully that can continue and you get it like you said you sure up a couple of those deficiencies it'd be a team that can make a run you know yeah and i like the way the role players are starting to fold out and now I can again envision if we get Jack in here, and I'm sure you saw everybody's seen some of the stats that are flying around about it's on NHL tonight. You know how just totally different the Devils are with Jack on the ice yeah. and the offensive chances and all that. And I think everybody knows that, but we also weren't world beaters when he was in, so something still needed to change, of course. And stopping pucks is is one of them. Um, but just to see that now, like. I, like I just can't tell you how much I appreciated seeing No Six Game last night. Yeah, it made me feel like I did at the end of last year, where I just felt like we had this dependable fourth line that can bring so much to the game. You know, so it, just it, really exciting. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it, it seems like you know this, things are really starting to align for him. Go get it. Go get it. Go yeah, and it's not going to happen overnight, but it doesn't have to. It just no. has to be consistently better. And even if they lose tomorrow night, if they lose tomorrow night to a team that, you know, basically just was a better team that night and they played their asses off, they can build off of that. Okay. Right. You know, it's, it's about to compete. How many times have we seen them this year just go in and not it just seem like they don't give a shit. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. You can't, can't do that. You know, yeah. go out there and go. There's, there's 68 points on the line yet for the devils. Okay. I mean, hypothetically, if they can acquire 70% of them, okay. that's 47 points. Okay. And they're at what? 50 55, I think. So they're at 53. 53. So that's an even 100. And if they can get three out of four points, which allows for quite a few losses, yeah, you know, then that's like 104, 105. And that should get you in. It should get you in. And you if know. nothing else, it just it, – I'm only bringing that up because I hate to dwell on the numbers, but your point being they can be, they can be a better team right now and still lose tomorrow. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. mean that we took another step back. It's all in the way that they're going to play. You're going to lose games. They're not going to Sure would be nice to get like a little eight-game heater though going. <laughs> just oh, yeah. get that out of the way. And, you know, like you said, I mean, what a time to do it, right? And you're looking at the teams to beat. They have a tough schedule. It's not quite the hardest. I think it's like the ranked the 11th hardest uh, for the rest of the year. That's a, it's a tough schedule. So, you know, you make it into the playoffs. These This team should be – they if they make it to the playoffs, it'll be because they're playing playoff hockey pretty much for the rest of the season. And in that so, regard, I think we would agree we'd probably feel more comfortable in going in than we did no last doubt. year. Yeah. No doubt. And they're, you know, a lot of these guys have played playoff games. Now they've added some more guys that have made long runs and won Stanley Cups like uh, Toffoli. You know, yeah, th- this could be a completely different playoff run for them. Yes. So, 
I got to do a little quick read for our Hockey Podcast Network sponsor. And then I want to ask you about um, what's going on with the New York Ranger goaltending. Is Shesterkin the starter anymore? I want to talk about that. But the Super Bowl is a uh, mere, what is it, four days away. And if you're looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. So if you like San Fran or you like Kansas City, I don't know what the lines are. Go to DraftKings now, download the Sportsbook app now, and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope Y. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And they really covered our asses, huh? They sure do. I guess you have to with that business. Yeah, no we doubt. bust our ass a little bit, but yeah, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, you got a lot of liabilities there. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, okay. Um, Igor Sesterkin. Yeah. He was, you know, not, I don't think he started the last five games. Is it that long? Because so I so don't care about anything Rangers that I hadn't really noticed this. Maybe I was under my own rock. And I was watching uh, NHL tonight this morning and they said, I, there was some clip. Somebody said I'd start them every game. Uh, the back uh, quick, quick. And I was like, "What's that all about?" You know. And then um, I believe I saw that it was confirmed that Quick was starting in his third straight. Oh, maybe I was so off then. Maybe uh, it's four. Maybe it's four out of five. I don't know how it lays out, but it, I could have seen it wrong. But yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, interesting. I. I mean, talk about a resurgence for Jonathan Quick. Uh, you Who know, I admit I wrote off. I wanted him last year. (laughs) I said, why didn't we take them from, take him from Columbus and we let him go to Vegas. Didn't see that coming. Um, Oh, oh, end of last year. Yeah. yeah, This year when I remember when the Rangers got him like big deal, like that isn't going to do much for, especially behind Shesterkin. I was like, that seems like a waste, maybe an embarrassment of riches now. I don't know. I thought it was a good move for them. Actually. I thought, you know, having that veteran who, yeah, is a good backup and he's won tons of cups and he's a hell of a teammate. And he proved that. And in the backup role last year, he can really help the goaltender. I like that move. I thought that was a smart move. I didn't think he was going to take his fucking job. Um, You know, he's playing amazing. And, but I mean, I just think it's because, because, uh, Peter Laviolette keeps on saying that, you know, Shesterkin's our starter. Right. Shesterkin just came back from the All-Star game. Your team has been off for a week, and you started the backup. Is he really your starter, dude? Right, because it's not a hot streak thing at this point because he's been off. Right. That is, uh, wow. Um, yeah, didn't so, see coming. Listen, I'm not ready to write off Shesterkin, that's for sure. No, 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 but see, this is how it works. If they love this, the Rangers are dumb enough to, like, let <laughs> – 
us get Shesterkin next year. That would be something. Because I, I think he's a free agent after this year, or is it, it might be next year. So that'll suck because they'll probably win the Besna next year. But um, and the Rangers will pay can him imagine, $11 Can you imagine like, we could actually be a team to be in the free agent market for, for a guy like that? Oof. Like a team that could say, yeah, here's $10 million a year or whatever he would command. I mean, it would be ridiculous. And and you you think about it, like if this team is serious about winning multiple Stanley Cups, an investment will have to be made at some point a to like a that. true number one goaltender. Yes. And think about, I know Shesterkin would come here. I know for a fact. Why? So, you know? so Jack Hughes can stop scoring on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be it. That yep. might be all it needs. That's all, all we need. Just put that in the contract. Not even in practice. Jack doesn't yep. shoot on me. He just has a no no shot no shooting from Jack jersey on. That's it. Yeah. But uh, dude, like it, you think about the team and how young they are and how you know potentially good they're going to be. But if you can get somebody of like an Igor Shosturkin or Vasilevsky type of guy to be our goalie oh. for the next six seven years, uh, I mean this team could be unstoppable in a couple of years. They really could. And. Honestly, that would be because you'd be projecting more from the goalie out, like through the defense first before we even start talking about our offense. Yeah, it would be um, because those guys are just going to get better and better. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but my goodness, that would be incredible. Not Shesterkin, but they will have to do something about the goal. They will have to commit a big chunk. They're serious about it. You know, and I, I, I could see why Fitzgerald didn't do it last year with uh, Hollibuck because he really wants to to see, mm-hmm. you know, what these guys are before he says, you know, no to Banachek or Schmidt or Dawes. And you know, I, I, th- I that's admirable. Uh, you wanted to give these guys a legitimate chance to be the franchise. They're not. Um, the Devils will, you know, if they got a guy like Markstrom and, you know, the problem with Markstrom is I think he's like 32. So. Mm-hmm. How many more years after this contract is he going to play? So is he going to be your guy for the next five or six years? Probably not. So, you know, it's just it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, Because, like, this team to win multiple Stanley Cups is going to need somebody of that stature. You don't talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning without talking about Andre Vasilevsky. You don't talk about the Vegas Golden Knights unless you talk about Aiden Hill. Mm -hmm. I just never see anyone having that conversation about Vitek Vanacek. I just don't. Yeah, and and you're right because the contracts and the age of the core that we have locked up, and the more this season goes on, like we've been saying since the beginning, don't worry about Dawson Mercer. Dawson Mercer is going to be Dawson Mercer by the end of the year, and he is. So we're not getting rid of Dawson Mercer. He will be signed in lieu of anybody else probably um, to keep him. And then that window, you at some point in that seven to eight years, you do need like a great number one to yeah. fulfill three to four of them because this is, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves considering the season they're having this year is far below expectations. But on paper, as we always say, this is a legitimate situation where you could have a multiple championship team yeah. over an eight year period or so, or I still go back again to the Chicago Blackhawks resurgence and how they did it kind of win a cup, take a year off, win a cup, uh, Pittsburgh kind of, we, we have a similar blueprint that those teams had minus the goaltending. You're 100% right. And minus the goaltending. And I wasn't so. even a huge fan of Flurry back in the day, to be honest with you. Maybe just I didn't like – no, early, early Flurry. I was oh, kind of okay. like, yeah, he's good. But I felt on those teams it was like any goaltender probably right. wins them those cups. And as he 
got older is when I started to really appreciate him. And not the the person's always been great. That guy is just an awesome dude. But as a goaltender, I thought he was overhyped in the beginning. And yeah, I was wrong. And, you yeah, know, I mean, he's ridiculous. It's but, great. you know, again, Pittsburgh, you don't talk about him without talking about Flurry. You don't talk about, you know, anyone that won, has ever won a Stanley Cup, you talk about their goaltending. And we don't have that guy yet. We have a lot of pieces in this team. Fitzgerald needs to concentrate in the next year or two, you know, and really getting or developing or just making sure we have that dude because it, that will be what makes or breaks this team from being a top-notch dynastic team yeah. and being a team that just is always a fucking pretender. That'll ne- just right. never get over the hump. And you know. Right, and, and people sometimes get confused with a dynasty thinking like it's got to be, you know, three quick shots in the arm for championships, which is nearly impossible. Now the devils had a decent one from 95 through 2003, three cups over a large span with a couple of years. They did absolutely shitty in the playoffs and a Stanley cup final loss thrown in there. So, it, you know, it's, yep. it's very hard to a win B repeat and then C get a third one within that same kind of five, six year period, yeah. but with the right pieces in place over eight, nine, 10 year period, um, that's really last, what you're looking for. And the last team to do that was the Chicago Blackhawks. Would you say, you know, the Devils are a very are modeled very much like they were, um, except they had Corey Coffer. And uh, we need, uh, we need, we, we had him too for like a, a half an hour. Had we? everybody. <laughs> and then he just said, wait, wait, I'm playing where? No, 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 no. I, I, I was I'm kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But all right. Um, anything else you want to talk about tonight? I do. I do got one thing to bring up. Um, right, cool. Because it's near uh, baseball season, pitchers and catchers are getting ready to go next week, and, right? Yeah, and um, you know Buck Showalter, who was the former Mets manager, I believe probably shouldn't have been let go. I, I loved having a baseball mind as a manager, and not nothing against the younger people and the different analytics and way they look at stuff. I just, for me, I liked having like an old school baseball guy who goes with a little little bit of gut too. Mixed you know he was a, the, the Yankees manager too, right? Yes, I do. Okay, I'm just making sure you knew that. Oh, yeah, I knew. It's not like I feel like he's a retread or anything. <laughs> so uh, whether you agree that he should have been let go or not is not the point, but he, I saw a little something on an interview that he did, and um, he was talking about load management. Now, this story is just another example of why hockey players are so much better, and this is not the slight on the players, but the, the sports themselves, and I'm a huge baseball fan. He was discussing the load management, and he said at one point during the season – he had a player hit a triple and two doubles and he was approached. I'm assuming later that night by upper management of some position suggesting that player might need tomorrow off because they ran a lot of bases today. That's like the equivalent of saying, Hey, that guy had five minutes of ice uh, today for hockey. Don't let him play tomorrow. Baseball players run last I checked often. Three, a triple and two doubles, and they were concerned about his legs for the next day. That is that's just, load management for you. That's that, the over analytics that Buck was talking about. Yeah, the over analytics, and it also just shows the sheer stupidity of some people, and yes. and that the fact that these professional billion dollar franchises employ fucking idiots like that, and it's you know a lot of GMs are friggin' idiots. These people you know? have trainers, and, nutritionalists. They're, they're yeah. the most fit athletes we've ever seen in baseball. Right. And he basically ran the equivalent of the shuttle run in the gym, <laughs> yeah, and then he has to take off for the next week. I yep. mean. Let's be real here. And how about oh, how about this fact? 
If I'm the manager, I'm going to go, no, this dude just hit me a triple and two doubles. I'm putting him in the lineup leading off tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you thinking? Okay, just make sure you pinch run him by the fifth. Yeah. All right, that's it. But, yeah, that's a huge problem. I do think there is a huge an- uh, over analytics of everything, and especially in football. Um, I, mm. I think that, it, you know, it really does kind of dilute the game. And I, no, I don't know that there's too many people that love when the analytics backfire in a coach's face. Yeah. Well, the analytics say he should go for your fourth and, you know, two or whatever. And and then, you know, oh, then you know, the analytics say he was going to throw a pick six and lose the fucking game. Like, no, you, right. you know, should have probably gotten the three points, Dan Campbell. You know, you always take the points. You <laughs> yes. just, you know, and I, the over analytics of it is just ridiculous and it is it's too much half of the stuff i start reading if I, it starts getting into hockey analytics like i'm like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about uh it, yeah. it is and, and this ridiculous. is how i bring it full circle to the beginning of this particular show where i said sometimes you just see game win game right that's the ultimate goal and i started thinking today at what point do we stop and not we us but people in general uh, stop overanalyzing every little thing that might have happened in a game instead of just being happy. So this game, we won, had some problems, but we won a very important game. Um, if you clinch a playoff series, do you say, hey, yeah, we won, that's great, but if they play like that tonight, they're not going to beat the next team. So how far does it go down the line? Like, can you win the Stanley Cup and afterwards be like, well, I'm really glad we won, but can you believe the way he gave up that goal? Like, we almost you- lost that game. You absolutely would see that. And I bet you do in Vegas sites and stuff. I, I really do. And you want to know when that'll end? When social media is fucking destroyed. Oh, dear. Every human being in this country has a fucking outlet that they can go on and spew whatever bullshit they want, whether it be something as, you know, dangerous and violent as politics or something as stupid as, you know, a goal that went by a goaltender. Uh, but until you get rid of the cancer in this world that is social media, those assholes are never going to be happy. And they're always going to find something to bitch about. That's all. I, I mean, I agree with you, though. It's ridiculous. Uh, you know, sometimes hey, you just won the Stanley Cup. What are you going to do? Well, sometimes you just want to enjoy a fun game. And look, yeah. and we've said that. I think we're we're I think we're honest with that. Like we've said, like even games that they've lost been like, you know, that was a fun game to watch. Like, I yeah. think we do try our best to enjoy you know, all of it because, you know, we've seen them win a bunch of cups, you know, and, and we know what it's like. It's kind of, you know, I could die happy right now as a devil fan. Vikings are a little different, but as a devil fan, but you know, it's, so I, I think the, you know, when you're, I think I'm much more critical of the Vikings. Maybe it's because I've never seen them win a championship. Maybe a lot of that comes from younger crowd that just wants, you know, really is passionate about this team, or it just comes from a bunch of dicks. So I don't yeah. know. It's one or the Hard other, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is ridiculous. But all right. So what's your pick tomorrow night? Calgary Flames at the Rock. I'm I'm going to go Happy Homer, and uh, we're going to pull this one out too. Uh, maybe similar to this game. It's not going to be perfect. The heart's going to be there. The emotion's going to be there. I think they pull it out. Yeah, I hope they pull it out too. Um, I'm going to go. I have my prediction that they're going to lose, but uh, I'll change. Because you had it going as a Markstrom show. Yeah, I had it going as the Markstrom show, which it might still be. Yeah. So I'm going to go a Devils win three two. It's going to be a it's going to be a tight game. And Devils are going to pull something out of their ass late in the game. They're going to win it. So, Sounds good. All right. So the eye on Carolina. Good. Yeah, they don't I mean, have they, to look forward, but I do. That's you know they they shouldn't, but that's going to be a fun game on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, 
and that's down in Carolina. So that place, yeah. you know, should be electric for that game. Um, it, I just don't want any more games called by Bucciagross. I just want to listen to, you know, our guys on MSG. I hate the fucking national broadcast where I can't get the MSG feed. So last night was, yeah, that was rough. Man. When I, he said, um, we're at the two minute warning in the first period, I wanted to throw my shoe <laughs> through the TV. Like, stop mixing the sports analogies. I've never heard two minute warning in hockey before. We have the last minute of the period. It's cool enough. That's our thing. There's no two minute warning. You asshole. <laughs> so there you go. I, all right. I, I can get behind that. <laughs> And, uh, you know, do you notice, like, on the ESPN feeds and shit, like, I feel like they don't mic our stadium. Like, the place was going nuts and you can barely hear them. And then sometimes it get really loud, like mics picked it up. But I feel like they keep mics around the stadium off so you can actually, I don't know, I just they seemed like a dead crowd and you're looking and they weren't dead. And then, like I said, there would be little times where they would just pop in and get really loud. Like, Yeah, I don't, it, it does seem a little weird. I don't like the broadcast at all. Um, they really flip flop like, well, they, they seem like devil's haters in the beginning, like it, it, oh, everything, yeah. it was terrible. And then when they started doing well, it seemed like they just totally got on the bandwagon, but I just don't like their approach. I, I don't like ESPN being involved in hockey. Yeah, I feel like no. they never did a good job with hockey. They did nothing to do with us for 20 years. It's all about money and, uh, they never covered it on sports center. It just doesn't feel right. No. And their announcers are brutal. It, it, back in the day, if you wanted to get any hockey scores, you'd have to put ESPN on, and then you'd have to fucking wade through the scroll on the oh, bottom of the screen because everything was more important than NHL scores. You'd First have to basketball, through, yeah, college basketball, college basketball, high school basketball, tennis, <laughs> yeah. NASCAR, and yep. it's like NHL, and then it'll go to fucking commercial, and you're like, you son of a bitch, the scroll's gone. As soon as the NHL co- it goes to commercial. Yeah, it goes to commercial, and then you got to wait and you see where it picks back up. And but they also you know, wouldn't even – they would just give you the score most of the time and not oh, even yeah. like a goal scorer no. unless – Maybe somebody got a hat trick. They put that up there. It was just the score and move on. It, it was, was brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. It really was. I think I even opened up the newspaper a couple times. I used to, that's <laughs> how I used to get follow the standings every yep. day. I'd go get the Asbury Park Press. I'd open it up. I'd check the standings and see where everybody was, the rest of the league. We didn't have the NHL.com or all these everything at your fingertips to get this game, like instant okay. gratification all the time. Whenever there was a fucking game on regular TV, that wasn't a devil game. Like you'd rush to watch it because it was like, oh shit, the Los Angeles Kings are playing. I haven't seen them in two years. You know, I mean, this is when we're you know fifteen, sixteen yeah, years old. Yeah. But you know, it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, different world. It's crazy. All right, now that we're showing our age, we're gonna get the fuck out of here. Um, wherever you're listening to us, we really appreciate you guys. Drop us a line, give us a uh, like, a download, five star review. Subscribe. Uh, it all helps to promote the Uncle Puckers, and uh, we couldn't be doing this without our loyal listeners. So thank you guys very much for Bobby and Chris. We are the Puckers, and we will see you when we see you. Bye-bye. Let's fucking go, devil.